Hello and welcome to the Broadcast Sport podcast. My name is Jake Bickerton and I'm the editor of Broadcast Sport. Today's episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Sally Richardson, who is a lead director for the Winter Olympics at the BBC. So uh, a busy few weeks ahead for Sally, I think is fair to say. Um, Sally's here to talk through uh, what looks like an incredible virtual studio space that the BBC has created for the Winter Olympics. We're going to find out from Sally the idea behind this studio space, what enables the BBC to do in terms of kind of different positions within it and how long it's taken to create and the kind of benefits, I suppose, of going down a virtual studio route uh, versus a a physical studio route as well. Um, So, Sally, hi. How are you? Hello, Jake. I'm really well, thank you. Thanks very much for for having me. Good. It's very nice to see you and, uh, and talk through this stuff. So, yeah, take us back to... I guess when you first started looking at what you might uh, be doing for your kind of presentation studio for the Winter Olympics. Yeah, well, I my my own personal involvement actually didn't happen until sort of mid October, right? Um, which were, which was quite late actually. Um, but I think with everything that's happened over the last two years with with the pandemic, um, the um, you know cancellation postponement of of a lot of sport. Um, and particularly the Summer Olympics for Tokyo, meant mm. that things were knocked on slightly. So 2021 became a year that we certainly weren't anticipating it to be, which meant that planning, therefore, for events which were scheduled to take place in 2022, such as the Winter Olympics, sort of got put on the back burner a wee bit. So we were a bit later coming to this than we would have hoped. Nobody's fault, that's just the way that it turned out. So mm. t- attention and focus turned turned to it a little bit later than we'd have hoped. So yeah, late October was my was my first involvement, by which time the, the plans for the virtual studio were very much underway. And plans had altered and changed because of the success of the virtual studio for, for Tokyo, um, which was uh, here in Salford, um, in Dock 10, in one of their largest studios. The plan for the Winter Olympic studio had always been that it would be in what we call Press 2, which is in a BBC building in Media mm. City. Mm. But it was not planned to be virtual right at the very beginning. Interesting. Um, right. Yeah, because of, I think, because, because of budgetary constraints, because the Winter Olympics is, is a lesser profile event than, than the Summer Olympics. Um, mm. um, that doesn't mean to say that we work any less hard on it or that our ambitions aren't as strong, but... Um, all things considered, that was going to be a hard set and not a virtual set. And then the success, as I say, of the Tokyo set meant that mm. um, things started to change. And we thought, well, could we do this as a as a virtual studio? Um, that is not just the standard virtual studio that we have in what we call Press 2, which came online uh, last year and, and uh, has been really successful. So the Australian Open Tennis. Right most recently came from there. Uh, We've done world track cycling. Uh, It will be used uh, for uh, Rugby League World Cup um, coverage upcoming towards the end of the year. It turned the space from being a hard uh, set that was sort of a, well, this is where we'll put this if we can't use anything else, to suddenly almost being at the top of everyone's list and everybody, you know, a lot of productions team, teams saying, we really, really want to use this, uh-huh. uh, this virtual set, because it's adaptable and it's, and, and it's great and it just is expansive um, and creates, you know, so much more opportunities visually to be able to bring the sport to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so then suddenly we thought, well, can we use this as a bespoke design for the Winter Olympics? 
that will improve on it? And, and the answer is yes. I don't know how we've got there because we, <laughs> we, we haven't got many people. We certainly haven't had an awful lot of time. Right, no, um, no. But, you know, two days before we go on air, fingers are crossed, um, it's <laughs> looking okay. Wow. So October, you say you started. We're now in just at the start of February. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it doesn't sound like a long time. So you said you've got quite a small team size. You know, how, how many people are involved in, say, the design side of it in the first place? Well, the, the same people are involved in the, in the design and delivery as were involved in Tokyo, and that is Toby right. Kalitowski and, and Jim Mann. Um, the yeah. technology behind it, you know, is it, it's an integration of Viz4 and um, Unreal Engine right. um, with the Mosis camera tracking and then uh, a Viz Fusion Kia to provide, you know, all of all of the technology. Right. Um, so the uh, the actual set itself has been designed, created, and delivered by Toby and Jim, and then actually realised by um, one of our, our in-house geniuses called Andy Bowker, um, who has, has practically done this on his own, wow. uh, whereby we had a, a big group of, of people. We had an external uh, third party doing that for us for, for Tokyo in, yeah. in MOVE, who did an yeah. absolutely brilliant job. And that comes down to economics. You know, we mm-hmm. have to be very mindful of the of, of the money that's being spent um, and, and try and provide value for money. And, and I think what we've done in making this, uh, the virtual studio delivers incredible value for money. We've got seven different presentation positions. Yeah, how you managed to squeeze seven into, because you know, the physical space must be still quite small, even though it looks massive yeah. on the virtual space. So, yeah, yeah, it is. We've got we've got eighty. It's only eighty four square meters actually. Is the footprint right. of the studio, so it's not big. Right. Um, I can't remember the exact footprint of the the studio that we had in Doc Ten for Tokyo, but it is significantly larger than the the one that we have in in Prez Two. Wow. Um, and interestingly, we've 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 sort of created a reverse situation in that for Tokyo, I don't know if you remember, the premise was that we were in this open sided p- pagoda yeah. atop a skyscraper around which was the whole of the virtual landscape of, of, of Tokyo. Yes. Um, and practically all of the presentation positions were interior on different levels. And the only sort of exterior position that we had was a garden area that was on a, on a, a wooden decking on a pond yeah. with our friendly koi carp swimming around <laughs> yeah, and a little virtual fish. Um, <laughs> this time, it, it, interesting, we've sort of opened up the outside. So the focus is less on the inside and more on the outside, yet we have a lot less space to work with. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's quite, it's quite a feat. Um, <laughs> so have you got so, different positions on that kind of platform outside on the winter? Yeah, we have. Time? We've got, I mean, it's, it's a ski, I've heard it described as a ski lodge, mm. um, a ski chalet, a log cabin. It most definitely is not a log cabin. It's almost <laughs> like a futuristic James Bond type lair um, uh, nestled amongst a, a mountain range with three ski slopes. Um, there may be the occasional a uh, glimpse of wildlife roaming around in the right. snow. Right. Maybe. For that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we've, yeah, we've got seven positions, two interior, which are uh, a main area that will be the, the main area where we have guests. Because, of course, the other thing that we have to consider is, is our social distancing rules and curvy protocols that are still very much in place and will be observed very strongly, yeah. um, which reduces the number of people that we can have in the studio. Um, so yeah, that's our cozy little log fire uh, area, 
Uh, we then have uh, what we're calling the mezzanine area, which is much more expansive with a giant screen to be used for analysis. And of mm -hmm. course, looking out over, you know, our snowy mountain ranges and, and the ski slopes. Um, and then we have five outdoor areas, which are a, a, a variety of uh, runways, decking areas um, uh, that can be used in, a, a, in different guises, maybe for a presenter to do a link or to do a guest interview or to do a live two-way perhaps with a reporter out in, in Beijing. Right. Some people may ask, why do you need so many presentation positions? And the answer that I would give to that is we're actually on air on BBC One and BBC Two for approximately 20 hours a day. Wow. And there are five different presenters right. and five sort of different tones of, of programme. Some will obviously have a lot of live sport in them. Some are highlights and catch-up programmes with long-form uh, edits. Some will have quite a few guests. Some will have no guests. So we have to try and provide a multiple of platforms to suit that particular mm. tone and look of the mm. programme. Everyone's seen the Summer Olympics um, virtual studio, so you kind of know what's possible now. But even so, this latest iteration just looks really sort of wintry and it looks you know, an incredible space that's kind of floating above this outside decked area and stuff. It seems a very cost-effective way to, you know, have this, you know, many hours of coverage each day, but without it starting to look a little bit samey. Yeah, exactly. And 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 that's and that is it is quite difficult. What this what the virtual world does is is allows the luxury of um of being more creative and and to find solutions to visual variety in a more in a in a more productive way and in a more efficient if you if you are listen, it's great. In Rio 2016, we have the most amazing studio built on the Copacabana beach, you know, with the most fabulous view of the beach and the sea behind. But that was the same for every programme. It wasn't a view that we ever, ever got tired of, of by the way. <laughs> um, but, but, but nonetheless, this, this does provide us with a great deal of variety, whilst also, importantly, keeping down our carbon footprint and actually working towards, you know, greater sustainability goals. Will you have a team over in, uh, you know, Beijing as well? You know, have, have you kind of scaled that down because you've got such a big studio? Well, virtual yeah. studio. Yeah, it has. It has been scaled down massively. Um, um, technically, there needs to be a, a team out there to ensure circuitry and switching and, and the smooth operation of, of, of things out there in the IBC, out in Beijing. There's a very small number of, of production team who are out there um, to source content and, and reflect the atmosphere and be there to pick up on emerging stories yeah. um, and also interview athletes, you know, and, and hopefully get some, some athletes with some, get some interviews with um, victorious, you know, GB athletes. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is a, a, small, a small team compared with what we've had previously. It's, it's, it's a lot smaller. And that, again, is because of our need to be mindful of cost. Um, it's also dictated by COVID protocols as well, you know, that we need to, to, to be mindful of that. Uh, and again, you know, the sustainability and the carbon footprint issue very much comes into play. So will the remote production be done at Salford as well? Is that where all the kind of feeds are coming into? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. And is yeah. that the same model as with the Summer Olympics? 
Um, it's the same model, but it is reduced in capacity. So the number of lines that we have coming back, for example, from, from the IBC into, into Salford are, are reduced on those that we had uh, for, for Tokyo. Okay. But the model and the workflow is, is, or is a mirror image. We are starting on air at midnight um, every day. Live sport starts about an hour later and live sport will continue through till roughly about three or four o'clock in the afternoon, our time, of course, Beijing being eight hours ahead of us. Yeah. So that will be all that will be continuously on BBC One and BBC Two, not both at the same time, but either BBC One, or BBC Two from midnight until six in the evening. Then we come back with a highlights programme today at the Games from seven till eight. And then um, there is another catch-up programme on BBC Three between eight and nine o'clock. There's obviously five live coverage, uh, vast amount of coverage there and uh, on iPlayer and uh, on online as well. In addition to that, there's a great documentary that's just landed on the iPlayer um, uh, called Free Spirits, which is um, tracking the story of uh, a number of GB athletes um, who are attempting to get to Beijing and, and bring back some medals and to try and explode the myth that actually we don't do winter sports in this country. Mm, um, mm. And I think Dave Riding's re recent successes, you know, which will have been seen by people on Ski Sunday, really does start to explode that myth. So fingers mm. crossed we can bring some hardware back. Well, best of luck, Sally, and thanks Thank again you, for Jake. doing this. Really good. Nice to you speak might. to you. Take Thanks for listening to this episode of the Broadcast Sport Podcast. We'll have more soon, so subscribe now and we'll see you on the next one.